the pandemic's end is finally within view. The global economy is about to be rescued from the most traumatic worldwide economic catastrophe since the Great Depression by a set of vaccinations. But the benefits of the post-pandemic world will not be equally shared. As indicated by writer Peter Goodman, wealthy nations in Europe and North America have secured the bulk of limited vaccine stocks, positioning themselves for rapid economic improvement at some point this year. However, many developing nations, which happen to be home to most of humanity, are left to secure their own doses. The lopsided distribution of vaccines will further worsen income and wealth inequality worldwide. Poor nations will continue to be ravaged by pandemic, inducing them to expend their highly constrained resources on public health and falling further into debt to lenders in America, Europe, and China. International aid organizations and philanthropists have coalesced around a promise to ensure that all nations acquire the tools needed to combat the pandemic. The leading initiative, the ACT Accelerator Partnership, an undertaking of the World Health Organization and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, among others, has secured less than $5 billion of a targeted $38 billion, however. For WYPR and my producer Luke Spicknall, I'm Aniban Basu. A lot of people woke up this morning in a residence different from the one they woke up in a year ago. In 2020, amidst a raging global pandemic, Americans left big cities behind in large numbers. As a result, rents in places like Manhattan and San Francisco plunged last year as people sought more space in their residences for home offices or simply for purposes of lounging around. It appears that many Americans left large cities behind in search of greater affordability as well, which they often found in suburbs or in less densely populated communities like Sacramento, California, Las Vegas, Nevada, and Phoenix, Arizona. The ability to work remotely also induced many to leave large, expensive cities. As indicated by writer Ben Popkin, Homes with guest houses or additional suites also sold briskly as families took in their older parents to keep them safer and maintain multi-generational face time. Many families have taken elderly relatives out of nursing homes. There's also been stepped-up migration to southern states, which generally offered fewer lockdown restrictions. Florida was a major destination for many of these families. The question now becomes whether some people will move back to their former cities once the post-pandemic world arrives. For WYPR and my producer Luke Spicknall, I'm Aniban Basu. As indicated by writers Danny Dougherty and Eric Murath, the pandemic and related restrictions shocked the labor market last year, leading to a reorganization of the U.S. labor force. As is well known, jobs have declined at retail stores, restaurants, and bars, but the number of jobs has surged in other contexts. For instance, the number of courier and messenger jobs has increased every month since February, growing the category by more than 20% as of last November, even as overall employment across industries was down nearly 7%. Many jobs in transportation categories were lost as well. For instance, the number of railroad jobs declined amid fewer shipments of coal and industrial commodities. Airline employment plunged last spring as the pandemic undermined travel, then expanded modestly over the summer before declining again last October after the expiration of federal support. Restaurants and bars lost their place as the largest major employment category that the Labor Department monitors, falling behind several other categories. Employment in the arts and sports also declined, with nearly half of the sector's jobs lost early in the pandemic. But the real estate sector has largely recovered from spring losses amidst an ongoing housing boom. For WYPR and my producer Luke Spicknall, I'm Aniban Basu.
As indicated by writer Amelia Lucas, the push for a $15 per hour national minimum wage gained ground with the victory of President-elect Joe Biden. Still, it's unclear whether his administration will be able to pass a new federal minimum wage. The current one stands at $7.25 per hour. But while a new federal minimum wage may run into resistance, many states are raising their respective minimum wages even in the context of a raging pandemic and high unemployment. This year, half of U.S. states will raise their minimum wage. Most of these states, including Maryland, increased their state minimum wages earlier this month. Critics contend that higher minimum wages lead to more business failures and job losses. Nonetheless, there is growing evidence that both Democratic and Republican voters support a $15 minimum wage. In November, Florida became the eighth state to choose to phase in a minimum wage at that rate thanks to a ballot referendum approved by 60% of the voters there. More communities are studying what happened to places that passed a $15 minimum wage years ago. In 2014, Seattle became the first U.S. city to increase their minimum wage to that level, followed by San Francisco, New York, and Washington, D.C. For WYPR and my producer, Luke Spicknall, I'm Aniban Basu. Many more people than usual failed to take a vacation last year. The reasons are obvious. Many popular destinations, like Hawaii, restricted travel. Many Americans suffered economic setbacks. And still others were nervous about getting onto airplanes or cruise ships during the midst of a global pandemic. Accordingly, some Americans have amassed many unused vacation days. But as indicated by writer Noam Scheiber, many of these workers may find themselves unable to take vacations that they postponed because their employer does not allow them to carry over unused vacation days from one year to the next. For others, this is not an issue. Companies like Goldman Sachs and Spotify allow employees to carry unused vacation days into the new year while others pay their employees for unused vacation days. Toyota typically allows hourly and many salaried employees in the U.S. to cash out up to two weeks of unused vacation days. But this year, the company reduced that cap to one week, a change that the company has said was intended to help avert layoffs. There's at least one additional consideration. With the buildup in unused vacation days, some employers may suffer difficulty staying fully staffed as many of their team members use those days all at once. For WYPR and my producer Luke Spicknall, I'm Aniban Basu.